What is up, everybody? Casey Jones here with the Mary Jane Experience. Uh, Strawberry Sequoia and I are actually sitting in a restaurant outside of the Canopy Boulder offices. We just had the opportunity to talk with Patrick Ray, their CEO. Uh, just had a great conversation about early stage investing, the cannabis industry as a whole, uh, kind of what's going on, what some predictions are. So we're going to let this one run all the way through. We're not even going to edit it. It was really just a good conversation. Um, so yeah, but I did want to take the time to remind everybody we're doing the Mother's Day raffle, uh, working with a company called Root and Rebound. They're an organization that helps get people back on their feet who have non-violent cannabis crimes in legal states. Our prize pack is up to over $1,200 in product now. We are doing a $1 per ticket sale for 420 weekend. That's right. Every dollar you spend on a ticket counts for one entry. Please help support the cause. It's going to a great group of people um, and really just trying to help people put back on, put them back on their feet. Um, so get some cool stuff for Mother's Day and also feel good about doing it at the same time. Um, anyway, with that said, here is Patrick Ray of Canopy Boulder, uh, as well as myself and Strawberry Sequoia, just having a good old chat about cannabis. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. Hello, everybody. This is Casey Jones alongside Strawberry Sequoia. We are sitting down today with Patrick of Canopy. We're going to talk a little bit about investing, startup in the cannabis industry, kind of get his insights. Um, he's done a lot. He's even worked with friends of ours. Um, so we're going to get a little insight from him. Hello, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Just kind of to kick it off, kind of the beginning questions, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you made it into cannabis, mm -hmm. um, and then talk to us just a little bit about Canopy, what that is, what you guys are doing, and we'll just kind of start there. Okay. So back in 2013, Colorado was on the verge of adult use legalization uh, for January 1, 14, and um, I had just left a year prior my position in the natural products industry. So I spent about 15 years in natural organic foods, dietary supplements, personal care, um, doing all sorts of things like venture capital, um, investment banking, strategic management, consulting, and operating and running businesses. Okay. Uh, so, but I was getting a little, I was like, I was getting a little antsy, mm -hmm. um, had yeah. the entrepreneurial itch, wanted to scratch it, and the time was just right. So I left and started looking at the cannabis industry back in the fall of 2013, um, try to identify some areas where, as an investment fund, could have some impact. And ancillary products and services seem to be a good spot. Um, there were a lot of businesses starting that were growing or creating edible brands or oils and then dispensing, but there were not a lot of service providers. There wasn't data, there wasn't software, um, there wasn't hardware that could help them. So. We uh, decided to launch an early stage investment fund and that would operate in the form of a business accelerator, much to the 
much like Tech Stars, who now operate downstairs Saw from that. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a great org. We love them. They've they're sort of always say they're kind of like the New York Yankees of business accelerators from a success standpoint. So yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, we started researching the industry. We um, partnered up with the ArcView Group, which is a big investor forum, okay. uh, angel investor group in the cannabis industry. And because if we said if we're going to be starting up cannabis companies, let's get them in front of investors and partner with a group that has that. So that was the nature of the partnership. We raised our first fund and we were off to the races. Now, gosh, like 120 investments and probably 93, 94, 95 companies later. Uh, here we are. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So as Canopy Boulder, what do we do? We're early stage investors mm -hmm. and uh, we don't believe in just writing checks. We want to make investments with capital, but also bring the companies into our office and work with them through a 16 week business accelerator program. Nice. And uh, our next program, which I think is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. By the way, like he has 11th. an amazing white board yeah. wall in his office <laughs> like it, it looks like some beautiful mind here's style all stuff the going secrets on here. <laughs> yeah all the here, secrets everybody. are right Take there for you yeah, <laughs> we have um we have this will be i guess our 11th cohort oh nice Very and cool. um we just closed on four and a half million dollars or maybe raising more wow, to congrats. operate and make investments over the next two years nice so um in the past, we only done ancillary products and services. Now we're doing ancillary products and services, data, software, tech, media, etc. And we're also doing CBD and hemp. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so we're expanding our focus to include CBD and hemp. And you know, my background being in the natural products industry, it's a it's a really cool uh, looping back. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird how that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. You kind of end up where you started, right? Yeah, absolutely. You just kind of got to be open to the universe. We saw it coming and we talked about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. But with the farm bill passing, we felt like there was going to be significant changes in the space uh, that would make it a better investment environment got for it. us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. very cool. Well, that acts as one question we had for you. So. Because mm -hmm. we were going to say, hey, are you getting into CBD or hemp? But yeah. we should are. have two, maybe three companies cool. that are CBD and hemp product companies, brands, in our accelerator, which starts... I was going to say in this next accelerating program. May 6th cool. is day one. Oh, that's oh, cool. soon. We saw your vending machine out in the yeah. lobby that we were told <laughs> is going to sell CBD products. Yeah, how that's many really people cool. in the world have a CBD and cannabis vending machine in their Love office? Right? <laughs> that was actually a company we invested in. Uh, the, the vending machine is called Anna. Okay. And uh, it can be tailored to sell uh, cannabis in a dispensary, so a super high compliant vending machine. Oh, wow. We're, and, and the founder, Matt Frost, is also tweaking it so that he can sell, he can put those into uh, non-dispensary retail locations and sell CBD. Nice, very so we're cool. excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Gotta so. have those in airports. Keep a lookout. Yeah, right, you know, right. Your airport anxiety. hundred percent. shoulders. Right, right. I mean. I'd buy, I'd buy. I know, yeah. It, yeah. it seems like, uh, you know, and that's one of those things, the, the Anna was designed to just be a dispensary in a dispensary for now, mm -hmm. high compliance vending machine. But we saw this opportunity with so much happening in the CBD space to utilize it as a very efficient way to engage customers and get them to have trial mm -hmm. with new products. 
Yeah. So we all know vending machines, right? Mm-hmm. We heard about CBD. Yeah. Maybe we're curious. And if you're walking down Pearl Street and there's a CBD store or some, you know, you're somewhere else and you happen upon it, you know, it's just so easy. Yeah, yeah. Or even just on Pearl Street. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just roll it out there and plug it in. <laughs> That's going to be tough for the city of Boulder. Good luck with that red tape. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like you're always identifying different holes in the industry where, Mm -hmm. you know, different products and services and companies are needed. Mm -hmm. What would be one or some of the biggest gaps that you see right now where you'd love to see someone step up to the plate with a new startup to fix that problem or... You know, one of the biggest spaces where I feel, I feel there's like a, big, a gap is in social use. So that's having a place to consume cannabis. Yeah. So, you know, as many people know, they've passed laws. You can now it's legal in these states to cultivate, to process, to sell. But there's no legal places besides your home really to consume. So it's sort of like that last mile yeah. of yeah. any experience. So we've actually invested in a company called The Grove. And our last cohort that is um, leading the charge in that space, and the founder, John Moore, is like he's the world's leading authority on social consumption. He's got a fantastic team, and they've actually already executed a number of events and are securing a space as well as creating a marketplace for event planners who are looking for spaces and, you know, help making these events happen. So um, I think that's, an, that's, a, that's a very ripe space for entrepreneurial activity and investment, but it's also hard. You know, uh, think of it as like a restaurant. These are low margin businesses, Um, you know, so it's not it's not a layup. It's not an easy one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. The other thing that I talk about a lot is the need for data and analytics in the industry. So true. um, There's a lot. I feel like every company who pitches to us, they include data as some asset in the business. Right. Mm hmm. Interesting. Okay. But often, more often than not, it's not the primary line of business. It's not their primary revenue uh, generator. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what we want to see is more data scientists and analysts combining with business people to look at the industry and say, hey, we can help. We can help you get to this piece of your business plan, which you're just not getting to because you're chasing dispensaries to buy your software. You're working with growers and making sure that your, you know, your, 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 your app is working with them and data is valuable, but you're not doing anything with it. You're not getting to it. So yeah, let's yeah. help you. So we invested in a company called Cannabis Big Data. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Founder is Henry Finkelstein, who does exactly that. And we're very, very excited about what he's doing, um, sort of extracting out the insights and helping companies in the industry monetize the data that they're collecting. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, oh, we heard that. We went to one of your events down at Galvanize mm-hmm. and um, was hearing that from all Wanna Brands was there. Nancy was speaking and just mm-hmm. one of the most, the biggest issues, right, for companies is how do we figure out what people want and how do we get all this insight? So. Yeah. yeah, we're sort of, you know, we're all trying to sprint uh, 24 hours a day in yeah. the cannabis industry and sometimes there's these big gaps like consumer data and preference data, mm-hmm. trial data that just doesn't exist or it's actually hard to produce mm-hmm. because we're working through, you know, the we're, we're still peeling off the layers of stigma and uh, federal yes. prohibition. So it's not as simple as one might think, but it's out there and there's interest. And that's the thing that I think that keeps us moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
So changing gears a little bit, but just something that I think is interesting are um, sort of stories. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask about maybe one of your biggest heartbreaks in a company that you were <laughs> trying, you really wanted to get started, yeah. you know? Yeah, one of those where it was like, you were at the 11th hour and it, you were like, this is going to work. And then, yeah, I mean, we have we have some interesting stories. <clears throat> Obviously, with such a high volume of investments, we've yeah. got a lot of reps and we've got a lot of stories to tell. So, you know, one company I won't name, but... Um, you know, it was really sad uh, to see it not work out. It was a company that was collecting, working with bud tenders um, and education and brands are all over the, you know, doing some things that we, you know, it was a model that existed in another space, was very successful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you're focusing, when you're trying to launch a business, there's all these competing interests and, you know, kind of noise. Um, and you're always looking for the signal in that noise. Yeah. What What's the signal we need to keep moving towards? Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon for entrepreneurs to get mixed signals and mm-hmm. head left when they should head right. And, you know, essentially that's what happened. Um, you know, the company sort of took their foot off the gas going left and sort of meandered right. And when they, they had a partnership opportunity uh, sort of come to fruition after a lot of work, that partner was like, well, how far are you left? And they were like, well, we're this far. And the company was like, well, that's where you were like three months ago. What's going on? Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, the other company that I can actually name that is an interesting story is a company called Tradive. Okay. And that was one of our first investments. It was a wholesale marketplace. So uh, cultivators, licensed legal cultivators would create profiles, and then upload product for sale mm-hmm. to this marketplace like an Amazon or an Alibaba. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then licensed brands or dispensers would come on and buy that, mm-hmm. right? So it was sort of like a marketplace. Right. Uh, there's a great story I'd recommend everyone. Google Tradive uh, Inc. Uh, as in Inc. Magazine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they can read all about it, but it went from being worth 20, 22 million dollars just raised for four or five, six million bucks to essentially zero. Was oh, it like an overnight kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, it's someone, one of my friends said it was like multiple black swan events. Oh wow. And it, it's this things like you try to control things as much as you possibly can, yeah. but you can't control everything. And there are sometimes decisions that you make as a founder that you think are going to be inconsequential, um, even though others may be saying, hey, let's pause here and have mm-hmm. a think. But you got to plow forward. You know, as an entrepreneur, you got to keep moving forward. And you move forward and then it comes back to Absolutely. bite you. Got it. Yeah, and yeah. that's essentially what happened. Uh, so it's unfortunate. It was a situation. Um, there was a wrongful termination lawsuit out there. Ooh. Again, you know, an easy thing to avoid, but again, something that really teaches that lesson that you got to cross T's and dot the I's on everything you're doing Got it. as a CEO, as a founder, even when you're driving everybody forward and, you yeah. know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. Um, you got to have, you got to do, you got to like still do the things, you got to be mindful and watch out for the things that can really uh, come back to bite you. And uh, yeah. that's essentially what happened. Jeez, that's intimidating. As <laughs> yeah. somebody that's not an entrepreneur at all, it just all those little bits and pieces just 
make it sound very scary. And, and you know, it really tells a story like that uh, successful entrepreneurs have some experience. Mm-hmm. Um, or they are wise enough to surround themselves with people that have a lot of experience and are as, almost as passionate about what the entrepreneur is doing as the entrepreneur is. Yeah. So, you know, you hear these stories about, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs or the guys who founded Snap or whatever. And they, they take it and grow the business and take it public. And then, you know, the, they're, they're shifting the earth underneath themselves every day. And it really does take a really exceptional person to navigate it all. No one's perfect. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's just so much change. It really speaks to the power of experience team and strong advisors so if you're an entrepreneur and you've never launched you want to be an entrepreneur you never launched a business before maybe go work for a startup right get first-hand experience yeah build your advisor network through that experience talk about what you want to do with these people be open um about what you want and you know if it's the right thing people will gravitate towards you Uh, but no you can't go it alone you're yeah. going to need help. It's great advice. Absolutely. Great yeah, advice. yeah. And, you know, something like Canopy where you can have advisors and all Absolutely. that at your fingertips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do here is, yeah. you know, the, the mantra is uh, from Techstars that we've adopted is do more faster. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to make sure the teams, the entrepreneurs come in and they have, they're exposed to so many people, uh, prof- industry professionals, advisors, investors. That there's a village that gets built around them yeah. uh, to provide stability and a feedback loop that they can trust uh, so that they don't get themselves in trouble. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Well, for balance sake, um, one of your favorite success stories. Yeah. Or What's one of those just... golden trials where you were yeah. like, yes, this one made it. Yeah, <laughs> we have quite a few, um, which is nice. And yeah. I think it speaks to... Uh, what we're doing here, hopefully, but also to it speaks to the opportunity in the cannabis industry. I mean, investors should be having real moonshot experiences with companies in the cannabis industry because it's it is growing fast, and um, as yeah. soon as you don't have some catastrophic failure, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, you should do okay. So companies are doing really well. BDS Analytics, yeah, yes. yeah, they Saw are them at your event. Yep, yeah. they're collecting data check out data from dispensaries and then milling it together so that they can present this is the top selling edible and this is the top selling beverage and these this this new entrant doing chocolates or flour is growing three mm-hmm. times as fast as number one and should be you know so it's like market intelligence they also do yeah. consumer yeah, yeah. panels and things like that i need to talk to their ceo because they actually have promotions that pop up on instagram oh really we, we've been banned multiple times from instagram for <laughs> promoting a podcast interesting and then i saw bds analytics pop up and it's a picture of a weed leaf and i was like how do they do that Magic. I need to know his secrets. That's yeah. They're smart. <laughs> all the secrets. <laughs> Let's see. We also have a company, Pot Guide, that's doing really yeah, well down yeah, in yeah. Denver. Uh, you know, there's the weed maps. There's um, there's a cut Leafly. There's a couple other sites that are designed to provide information to consumers. And you know, we know what their traffic statistics are. Pot Guide is not that far behind. It's sort yeah, of like number absolutely. three and up and coming really quick. Nice. Like millions and millions of unique visitors every month to their network of sites. So it's That's awesome. Uh, work is uh, payroll processing and okay. human resources management platform. 
I always use this as an example, you know, in this industry and in most industries, um, you know, there's some, there's opportunities that may seem mundane and simple, like mm -hmm. payroll processing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, you don't want to step over simple to get to sexy when yeah. simple's just fine and dandy. And like with payroll processing, the Velcro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Velcro, Velcro, the pet the rock, the chia pet, like, right? Gone. Yeah, I mean, the with payroll processing is incredible unit economics, yeah, exit multiples and uh, lifetime customer value metrics. So that's good. And then the other one that we talk about, they're really excited about, is front range biosciences. Okay, unfamiliar. So Wanna they do tissue bit? culture propagation. So they create okay. clean clones for cultivators. Got it. All right. And they're developing a ton of IP around that and processes. What they do better than anyone else is do this uh, clean clone propagation uh, so the clones are disease free and won't introduce disease into the cultivation facility mm -hmm. but they do it at scale got it um, there's so many businesses in sort of biotech uh, like front range or um, biosynthetic production you hear some of these companies are doing biosynthetic production of cannabinoids so they're creating cannabinoids from yeast in a lab Oh, wow. So and cool. that's so cool <laughs> for the minor cannabinoids, right? Yeah. Uh, the hard ones that are hard to find expressed in a plant mm -hmm. and hard to genetically breed to get a high expression of a certain cannabinoid. So there's there's definitely opportunities there, but it's really easy to do. Well, it's not. It's easier to do in the lab. Yeah. Trying to take it into vats and ponds and take yeah, it at mass scale production is very mm -hmm. difficult because it's a living it's like your kombucha right it's like yeah, yeah. it's ever changing <laughs> right and uh, it's a it's a living organism so to zero it in on one thing is hard so yeah, front it. range is doing a great job of cool. taking their cloning tools and techniques and uh, operations to scale nice well we'll have to Look them up. That sounds yeah. Oh, yeah. extremely they're, interesting. They're That's that science side of the world that, that yeah. we're not really... Yeah, well, the constructed cannabis. Yeah. Nancy was talking about that at South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just strains that have exactly the right amount of that entourage mm -hmm. effect of cannabinoids. I mean, that yeah. idea is fascinating like, to me like boutique construction in a way we hear that from a lot of people so yeah that's that's extremely interesting we'll have to it, 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 you know remember we, we're not sure at all what mixture of cannabinoids and terpenes produce a desired result for almost mm -hmm. anything yeah we have anecdotal and observational evidence you know tons of that yeah but when I speak to practitioners uh, whether it's medical doctors or naturopaths they're always asking about dose mm -hmm. And um, that just isn't out there. Got it. Yeah. So we need to do more of that. We need to understand how a combination of cannabinoids and terpenes generate or produce a specific uh, outcome in an individual mm -hmm. and what all the factors are. And, you know, I think there's getting back to one of your earlier questions, what the opportunities or gaps are. I think there's a big gap for science. and There's opportunity yeah, for definitely. clinicians and academics to come in and, you know, do their best with this crazy awesome world-changing plant yeah and all the elements components of it to, to to find out what really does work there's a lot of opportunity for that yep email your congressman <laughs> yeah. talk about night and fda come on it's hard to <laughs> we'll get there do science at least for the government yeah but um so real quick though oh sorry do you no, have, okay. my bad <clears throat> i was gonna say shifting gears um as you are 
effectively early stage investors. Um, I was curious about your view or worldview on the fact that um, we can't have public investment in the state of Colorado, at least not yet, something that's being talked about. Um, do you see yourselves as being positioned as like the Colorado version of privateer holdings or are you really more kind of really sticking to the accelerator side? I guess, yeah. do, you, do you see gaps or problems with lack of public money? And well, you know, Privateer is a holding company. Yep. So, you know, there are these definitions that get thrown out, venture capital, private equity, um, and sometimes there's like a blending. Yeah. And many, many people for a very long time uh, label Privateer as a private equity firm, when in truth, they're really a holding company, which means yeah. they have control. So uh, when you have control, meaning board control or the majority of the shares outstanding or whatever mm -hmm. uh, control provision that gives you final decision on what actually happens with the company, you can say, hey, we're taking Tilray public. Yeah. Right? Let's do it. You know, <laughs> And it's not where we are, per se, which is an early stage minority investor yeah. uh, in these companies. So for us, uh, we'd love to see our companies... Uh, find the riches on the public markets if it's the right deal. Yeah. And, you know, the reasons why we've seen, one of the reasons why we've seen so many companies going public in Canada is because it's hard to raise capital in the cannabis industry through sort of traditional VC methods. Mm -hmm. um, private, um, private capital raises and convertible notes and safes and things like that. Going to the public markets, it might cost you six to eight percent and some warrants to your bankers, but you can raise yeah a hundred million dollars overnight almost yeah yeah it, it it happens fast. I mean, it's not it's not as easy as you know sometimes it seems reading the headlines, but yeah. and um, a lot of hoops to jump through. Sometimes some flaming hoops, but it does allow you to raise more capital. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it speaks to the interest from investors. Um, I believe it was BDS Analytics. Maybe somebody else just published a study, I think today, that said that 46% of Americans are interested in investing in the cannabis industry. Yeah. And that's the statistics. I just, <laughs> just warm my heart. You know, like... Because it's, you know, a couple of years ago, back in 2013, that it certainly wasn't 46%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we're making great progress. Yeah, yeah. It is, and, and it's almost like people are coming out of the woodworks that, that maybe in 2013, they were like, I'm not answering that question. 100%. But now, but now that it's a little bit more normalized and things, oh, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, Stigma's me for sure. Stigma's going away. Yeah, yeah I mean, a little bit sure. I, I, I say, you know, we're all, if we're part of the industry, we're part of the movement and cannabis prohibition and every conversation, every news story that we read, every, you know, piece we see on CNN or CNBC, every stock mm -hmm. that's bought or sold moves us closer to the end of prohibition and this yeah. ridiculous drug war on drugs that has been a complete and utter failure. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I, I really feel like we're part of a big societal change and an awakening. Got it. Um, and, you know, if we can play our part, uh, then, you know, it helps me sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's well what said. we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Yeah. So, so sticking on the investment side, um, and this, you're not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form, so we only anecdotal here. Um, theoretically, um, a private investor and I want to get into the game, and I'm right. in Colorado. 
what are, what what are something we should be looking at? What if what what are some companies? How does that process work? Do you know? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So investors coming into the cannabis industry, new investors. I mean, the first thing you want to do is start showing up. Yeah. You want to start getting you know get out of your phone and your computer and the articles online because that's a media machine that's driving an agenda and what's happening in the headlines is often a misrepresentation of yeah. what's actually help, happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I'd encourage everyone to start showing up, you know, go to Meetup, uh, you know, go to Eventbrite, find the events in the industry where you are and start being present. Uh, have the conversations. Um, join ArcView, right? Mm-hmm. Join this great investor organization. Um, raise your IQ, your cannabis IQ. Um, Understand the dynamics. Understand that wholesale prices are falling. Understand IRS code 280E and how that impacts investments. You know, read venture deals. Yeah. You know, great book about early stage investing. You know, become a student of investing in uh, the cannabis industry. Find people that you know more than you do mm-hmm. and collaborate with them. Um, and then start identifying where you're comfortable in making investments. I don't, I don't encourage anyone to shoot from the hip. Um, we did a year long due diligence effort to understand mm-hmm. what we wanted to do. And, um, you know, when I speak to entrepreneurs and I speak to investors and they talk about a listening tour, yeah, that, that is probably the smartest thing you can do. You know, a mentor of mine said, you have two ears and one mouth, use them in that order. I love that saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so much you can learn if yeah. you just sort of shut up and listen yeah, yeah, <laughs> and right. ask questions. and Exactly. Like really. almost get out of your own way and, and yeah. the, the answers will reveal. Um, so changing gears again, uh, we missed you in South by Southwest. We were trying to get an interview down there uh, due to, you know, otherworldly forces. We couldn't make it happen. <laughs> Um, how did South by Southwest go for you? It was the inaugural can of business track. So we were just there exactly as you just said, two years, closed them out. We were just taking it all in. How was it for you? What'd you talk about? What'd you learn? I had a great time. Yeah. Um, I didn't, wasn't there for as long as I wanted to be because the weather in Colorado, but I couldn't get out in time. But, uh, the time that I spent there was excellent. Good. And, um, there were a lot of familiar faces from the industry and then the audience was just, they were, they were like sponges. Yeah. A lot of good questions, a lot of interest. And it, it, was, it, it was like, I think, when we go to a lot of states where there isn't an existing legal framework. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Missouri or the one that's developing or Arkansas or Tennessee. Yeah. You know, it's not a Colorado, Oregon, um, California, Nevada type uh, yeah. place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like one-on-one questions. And, and you know... I never really tire of doing that stuff because, again, every conversation, every presentation, every, you know, you know, brave maverick of an entrepreneur investor that gets out of their chair at work and goes to South by Southwest cannabis, you know, track, we're moving closer mm-hmm. to the end of um, this drug war and yeah. the cannabis provision. So I'm excited about that. I thought the content was great. Uh, I thought the turnout was really good. I mean, um, I went down there a year ago for 420, and they had the Cannabis Entrepreneurs, um, Austin Cannabis Entrepreneurs Conference. It was the first one. Wow. 
And uh, Hugh Forrest, the guy who runs the programming for South by Southwest, produced it. So this is his baby. Oh, well. And uh, I guess we did a decent enough job. He invited us back. So uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a blast. I mean, it's like, I've been to Austin before, but, you know, never South by Southwest. And I know what Austin's about, and I love it. It was South by Southwest, though, is like a whole nother level. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, in some ways, it was like this brand <laughs> yeah. activation. Again, this is my first time. Yeah. This is like some crazy brand activation, you know, summit where Uber and Lyft and everybody's mm-hmm. like trying to compete for eyeballs and yeah, attention yeah, yeah, yeah. and activating people. And then at the same time, it's a wild party. Yeah. You know, I was walking down the street to dinner the first night. And I was like, man, this is like... Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People were out and like having a good time. Um, yeah. As they should. It's, it's awesome. like the Halloween parties that used to happen on Pearl Street in the 90s. Kind of, you're walking down and you're like, wow, all the freaks and geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. It was, yeah. it was definitely like a lot of people watching going on. No, it was, yeah. Great cross section. It was interesting. Though. We were talking to the CMO of uh, Mammoth Distribution and Heavy Hitters and she had mm-hmm. a great comment. She was like, it's this conglomerate of all types of industries and all types of people and sharing ideas and even for like a marketing standpoint she's like oh i took so much from other industries that i didn't even think about i was like oh i could apply that to cannabis perfect yeah absolutely you know? so it was I, I think that's really great it's it's a great sort of event to be inspired yeah and to get exposed and some of the experiences that i had there just as a member of the education group and i was on the advisory panel for the cannabis track yeah. we're just great uh people and connections and interest and you know, even just sitting in the green room waiting to go on stage, connecting with folks, and they're, everyone's just really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Which is fun. Great energy mm-hmm. just yeah. in the air at mm-hmm. that event. 100%. <laughs> and a little bit of the writing on the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. Texas just passed legal hemp, so yeah. it's the, the dominoes are falling. So Yep, yep. We're making progress. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anything real quick before we do the 1, 5, and 10? Well, are you, just for fun... A cannabis user yourself? Yeah, I am. Okay, I am. And um, preferred method? Uh, vaping right okay. now. Uh, like edibles as well, but I only, you know, the consumption for me is very uh, specific. So, gosh, like it was probably 2011, 12. Um, I was getting sick all the time, and it wasn't just like I got a cold. I get a head cold. A sinus infection, then I get a lung infection, then I go on antibiotics, and I went to the doctor for my uh, checkup one year, and he said, uh, well, you've I've given you antibiotics nine times this last 12 Ooh. months. And I said, yeah, I know. It's been bugging me. And he said, what, you know, we, we tried to try to figure out what it was. And, um, you know, he had no clue. He couldn't figure it out. I went to a naturopath. Uh, she sort of struggled to figure it out. Long story short, we figured out I wasn't getting enough sleep. And I was over, like many Boulder folks, I was <laughs> over-exercising and just pushing my limits and not sleeping enough and wearing myself down. So yeah, yeah. they started giving me sleeping pills, and I didn't really feel that great about taking sleeping pills. Um, and I was on a bike ride with my one of my buddies, and he's like, you know what you need is you need an Indica. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, what's an Indica? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he said, don't you worry. And then I think it was like maybe four or five days later, he swung by and he said, here you go. And uh, it was some Indica. And he, you know, he, he 
told me what to do. I mean, I had some experiences before, but mm-hmm. nothing major. And so I gave it a try, you know, put the kids to sleep, went in the garage, a couple of puffs, felt pretty good, uh, went and laid down, slept like a baby. Nice. Yeah. And so, and I don't think that's uncommon for a lot of people no. that have immune disorders. Like they're just not getting enough rest. Mm-hmm. Your body isn't recovering. Everybody's different. And, you know, you may need four hours. You may need 12 and I mm-hmm. may need eight need eight but if you don't get them then bad things happen so inflammation in the body all sorts of stuff so you know i keyed in on that and that's been my primary reason for Mm -hmm. consumption ever since got it i've heard that a lot uh, cannabis used for sleep i have um even people in my family all over the place so it's yeah i mean it it works works. And, and you know i worked in the supplement industry for 15 years dietary supplements and i used to joke that it was like the world's largest faith-based industry <laughs> and i okay. get no laughs when i was like saying that in front of all the supplement people but it really is true yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. take a malty you take a c you take an e whatever you and you really do, you're like yeah you're like you know cross do the sign of the cross and hopefully it works out yeah. for you at some point but with cannabis there's a really tight feedback loop right you consume yep. and you know you feel the effects and so you loop back around to uh through your trial period to repeat use so um true. and that is what you want yeah that, that's that's why people love coffee right right yeah, you know, yeah. they don't they don't start drinking coffee because they love the taste right <laughs> <laughs> they love a little zing zing boom in the morning yeah, and it gets go. them Ooh, kicked like, out the door right yeah. and it's yeah. that that experience uh that brings people back and you know Starbucks and whatever everybody's doing coffee these days. Yeah. Well, I'm right there with you. I did the Power of Four this year and had kind of a similar situation at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Where it was, you know, work nine, ten hours a day, running four hours in the evening, uh-huh. sleeping three hours, getting up in the morning, going to the gym, and by the end of it, I was just, oh my god, yeah, you're trashed. But yeah, I started using cannabis for recovery and mm-hmm. it worked. Yeah, I and think there's a great potential. and it was instant. You're right. Yeah, I think I there's like, great oh. potential for cannabinoids, specifically mm-hmm. CBD and THC for um, athletic performance. Yeah, and it's Definitely. like it's so counter to like what you know the stoner you know, on the couch. Yeah, guy. yeah, couch yeah. lock stoner. I mean, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people that microdose and that gets them into sort of that um, that performance zone. Oh yeah, runs and rides and you know we use it for the race yeah yeah we took a cbd thc combined little tablets for the race and oh. I'll, t- I'll tell you those first two climbs i was just trucking yeah 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 <laughs> Which is great. Right. yeah yeah 20 miles Don't into this feel thing the pain. Yep. um that is interesting because you did mention supplements um we heard cannabis being labeled less as a recreational drug or a medical um usage more as a supplement any thoughts on that? Because you were in the supplement world. Do you, yeah. do you see it going that way? Do you have any The real vitamin predictions? C. Um, <laughs> yeah, so right now, you know, they've legalized on the federal level CBD and hemp. Mm-hmm. And it came under the farm bill. And that's Department of Ag. But the regulations and oversight is going to be for consumer products is going to be via the FDA. Yep. Food and Drug Administration. So, you know, and that the FDA regulates dietary supplements as well and pharmaceuticals, OTC products. So, you know, I have a lot of experience uh, with that and a lot of friends that worked at the FDA and then worked in the industry and go back and forth. So mm-hmm. it's been very interesting to see and hear what their impressions and 
perspectives and expectations are for CBD and hemp oil um, being regulated by the FDA. And then speaking to people in the industry that are like, you know, boogeyman, evil doers, you know, pharma and FDA killed, you know, they're the worst. Mm -hmm. And, and like, there's, there's some elements to what, you know, people's greatest fears are that could be true, but by and large, the FDA is there as an administrative agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are set up to protect consumers um, from bad actors, bad industry actors, and they are going to do their darndest to find a way for uh, hemp oil and CBD to be um, safe uh, for consumer use. Yeah. I think the expectation, my, my prediction is that, you know, we have these CBD drugs, right? Epidiolex, yeah. Marinol or whatever they are, and um, Epidiolex, and theirs are super high dose. And I think yeah. the FDA will set a, a threshold mm-hmm. for above that, it's the pharmaceutical dose, mm-hmm. and below it will be allowed to be marketed as a dietary supplement. Now, yeah. the FDA may require product registration before sale, but I don't believe they'll require product um, approval like they do with drugs. Um, and you know, my folks in DC that I've known for eons, that's what they're saying. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I listen to the experts and the people that are closer to the action, um, for predictions there. Got it. Perfect. Well, that kind of leads us into our final question. What we like to ask everybody that we interview, what are your one year, five year, and 10-year predictions for the cannabis industry, kind of polish off that crystal ball uh, from where you sit in the industry and what you do. Yeah, so one year, I think that we're gonna see, my, my hope is that in one year, gosh, that would that put us, are we quite the election cycle yet? <laughs> um, I, think, I think that in the next year we'll see cannabis use become something or cannabis become something that's talked about like almost every day in the public forums in DC, public governmental forums in DC. Okay. And we're already starting to see that happen with Barr commenting about, uh, the States act, Mm -hmm. um, you know, lobbying groups. I think we're moving from an advocacy to a government relations, you know, uh, phase in the industry. So, I think we're here. We're going to stay. Now it's like, how can we work? How mm-hmm. government, what, what safe harbor can we give to the govern, government, federal government, for them to occupy mm-hmm. for legalization to move to the next stage, yeah. which is what I predict in the five-year. Got it. Um, I don't think we're going to see much happen between now and the next election, presidential election. Um, the States Act can be you know, passed in the House, but I don't think McConnell's going to bring it up in the Senate. It's not like we're going to move forward there. Um, we'll see, though. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'd love to be wrong. But I think we'll see more action after this presidential cycle or very near to it if somebody needs to push some votes over the edge to get reelected. Heard mm. that idea. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know. Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, on ten yeah. years. Ah, oh, gosh. Ten I know years. That that's like damn near impossible. But just no, initial, I I think for thought. ten years we'll see the traditional dispensary model uh, start to go away. Okay. Um, it won't. The regulations and the 
requirements for compliance will um, lighten. Okay. And uh, it'll cannabis. It should look uh, be less regulated than alcohol, but that might be the safe harbor, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That we move towards. So. Um, you're not checking my ID when I come in, you know, you're not, you know, you're checking it when I purchase, you know, there's not 30 cameras around (laughs) and, uh, the cost of compliance being a significant percentage of operations, it'll be more mainstreamed, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, more, I think less intimidating for many new consumers. I think at 10 years, uh, you know, see CBD as a primary functional ingredient in many foods, I think we'll see uh, more and more uh, countries globally legalizing and um, just, you know, it's like, like you remember back in science class, the the half-life, yeah, you know, things mm-hmm. degrade and it's like, you know, you move halfway and then the same period, you move halfway again and then halfway, halfway, and then you're rubbing right up against it, right? You're right there. Mm-hmm. And I think when we, we're getting closer and closer to that point where we're almost like towed up to the finish line. Yeah. And it's then that big changes happen because the political risk, policy risk, societal risk, legal risk are so low because we've been living up against that line that somebody is going to just say probably on a Friday at like 8 p.m. in D.C. they'll call a vote and people will vote and it'll just, it just, it just happened. Yeah. It'll almost be the kind of thing. I hope it does. I hope, I hope if nothing sooner. else, that will make for great yeah, television. <laughs> yeah. But I agree with you. I, I do kind of want to see dispensaries move away from that like prison intake system. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's driving a lot of people away from it because you go in, it's like behind this closed locked door. You have to hand them the ID and they're like, follow me. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. So it has that kind of almost like black market feel. Like you got to go talk to this dealer and like, oh, maybe you're on the corner. That's what makes yeah, it fun. The <laughs> secret <laughs> ingredient is crime, my friends. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That's right? true. But I think we're going to see a lot of change in our society over the next mm-hmm. 10 years. There's a lot yeah. of technologies that we see emerging. They're going to change the way we go from point A to point B. Yeah. Right? Um, that sort of govern our education, all these big systems that are being tackled, financial um, systems. I think they're going to be broken down. We're going to be looking at a very different society in 10 years. And I think that is a product of. Uh, the amount of information that can be shared rapidly with so many people mm-hmm. because of the internet. And, you know, that is one of the reasons why we're moving forward and towards legalization is Absolutely. that ability to share this real truth about yeah. the drug war, the, this, the effects, uh, the downsides of having um, illicit markets and the upside yeah. to having legal. So there you go. I'm excited for our future. It Me is too. very exciting. Well, with that, any um, final thoughts you want to share? Or do you have a question? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, essentially the same question you were yeah. getting at. Is there anything that maybe we're not even knowledgeable enough to ask you that maybe you would want to share with everybody? You know, um, I think we covered some good ground. Yeah. Uh, from an entrepreneurial and investment standpoint, uh, it's a great time to be in the cannabis industry. It's not too early, I don't think. I don't think it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear people... Yeah, both yeah. ends. Um, so you think we're a meaty part of the bell curve still? I think we are. I think um, we're still on the up. I mean, all the signals we're getting on a daily basis are in the right direction. Cool. And uh, we're not seeing much of any movement backwards. It's just more 
like up in Canada, some of the publicly traded companies are starting to report numbers and yeah. people are like, oh, you know, it's not what we thought it would be like we saw in California, <laughs> but that's transitionary uh, friction. Yeah. That's almost to be expected. Yeah. I mean, from, well. From an economic standpoint, from a long gaze, you're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But from a media marketing standpoint, you're yeah. like, what happened to all the hype? Yeah. You know, where, so. yeah where's our billion dollars in sales in <laughs> yeah, Canada yeah, yeah, when yeah. it's 560 million? Yeah. You know, and, and it's easy to look to local uh, governments, city, counties, provinces, provincial governments yep. that slow things down and get you off the trajectory that some very bright economic economist uh, modeled. But it's yeah. it's the reality. Things take longer than you expect. That X factor mm-hmm. got to have people involved. So, so I think um, even though we're there's some bumps along the way, it's not enough to keep forward momentum from uh, uh, you know, halting and. Uh, it's it's a great time to be involved. Cool. Well, well, thank you so much. With that, thank you so much for, that was for taking the time. Yeah. yeah. So we're the Mary Jane Experience. You can find us online at maryjaneexperience.com. And of course, all the social media. Just Google it. Yep. Um, that was Patrick of Canopy Boulder. Google them too. Yeah, definitely do some research. <laughs> thank you for we checking us out live. Dubai. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, any further thoughts, Casey Jones? No, that was great. Again, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you.